What is going on, Diesel Nation? We're excited to have you guys with us today on the Diesel Podcast. If you're watching this on YouTube and aren't subscribed, make sure and click the subscribe button, like, comment, let us know what you think about the episode. If there's a particular guest or topic that you'd like to have on the podcast, we're always checking comments on there and love to be able to take your guys' feedback and then work them into future episodes. Today, I'm going to be joined by Jordan from Wicked Customs. And I wanted to ask him about the difference between cast and forged wheels and then also about dually setups, which have gained in popularity recently. So we're going to talk about the differences between two different uh, ways to make wheels and also how to factor that into a, uh, a custom build, um, something you're going to tow with, haul with, or if it's a show truck, and then also talk about the dually setups as well. Before we get to it, though, I want to remind you our friends over at Kershaw Knives have a 20% off site wide code for you. Use code 23diesel20 at kershaw.kaiusa.com. It's a great way to save 20% off site wide. So if you need a, a knife for hunting, fishing, EDC, something around the job site, they've definitely got you covered. They have had a bunch of new releases in 2023. One of the newest ones are the Duralock models which the blade's made out of D2 steel. Uh, the way that it opens and closes is super smooth, and there's different choices for blade shape and also handle shape and design as well. So if you're in the market, definitely make sure, head on over, check them out, and use code 23diesel20 for 20% off site-wide. All right, let's get to today's podcast with Jordan from Wicked Customs, chatting with him about the difference between cast and forge wheels and also dually wheel setups. Jordan, welcome to the Diesel Podcast. I've been enjoying our recent episodes talking about Gosh, leveling kits, um, lift kits. Um, last time we were talking about, you know, wheels and tires. And you had mentioned before, hey, there's a whole other in-depth topic we can go into, which is forged, cast, dually wheels, things like that. So I'm glad to have you back on today to be able to talk about that. Thanks for having me. What, now when I think of forged versus cast, I understand in a basic level the difference between forged and cast parts or materials it might be in other industries that i'm familiar with it but when it comes to wheels what do people what do we need to know as truck owners about the difference between the two there's actually three um, in our industry the first one is cast which you mentioned that's the most popular one then there's flow form or flow forged and then there's going to be forged um the three different the three different methods of making a wheel are all good by all means it's just it really depends on what you're doing with the truck and also uh, what you're looking for in terms of, of reliability and also um, details in the wheel as well. I'll start with cast. Cast is going to be probably one of the older methods of making wheels. And what a cast wheel is, is a wheel that is molten injected with aluminum. And they take basically bricks of aluminum or square pieces of aluminum. They melt them down at about 750 degrees and they inject them into a mold Um either with pressure or with, or with, or with uh, multiple, multiple tools and whatnot. And they make the mold. So think about it like if you're making jello, um, something similar to that. And then from there, the raw form of that wheel gets taken out of the mold and then it gets machined. It gets some hands put on it. It also gets finished off in paint and glaze, so on and so forth. That is the most inexpensive um, way to make a wheel in terms of a truck. Um, they used to call mag wheels because they used to be made with magnesium, but now they're made with with cast with aluminum. And the aluminum has to be a certain grade too for it to be perfect, which some companies are better than others at that. So um, cast is also going to have probably the most, I would say, the most people that complain about wheels, and that's because there's a lot of fly by night castings that come out. They come and go. They come in on a container. People sell them and then they disappear. 
So, I mean, cast has probably the most complaints, but that's because there's more of those forms of, of manufacturing than there are the other two. The second, the second way of manufacturing a wheel is a flow form or flow forge, which has been very popular in the last five years. Uh, that wheel is, is very similar to manufacturers, a cast wheel where it's built in a mold. And then what they do is they actually take the wheel and stretch it with heat and, they, and with, a, with a turning lathe. And it's hard to explain, but it's basically a roller that rolls the wheel out and it thins it out and makes it stronger by doing that. And then they finish the inside edge of the wheel. Those wheels are usually confined to cars or high-end uh, castings or even like a 12-inch wide wheel. There's a couple companies that do that. Um, I believe Axe is one of them, and the other one is going to be Compression Forged. Uh, Vossen is also huge with flow forms. I use a lot of their wheels on SUVs and on some of the 1500 trucks like the, like the, um, the TRX or the Raptor. Those guys do a lot of flow form or flow forge. That's a step above in strength than, than cast. So think about a flow form wheel or flow forged wheel as a step above a cast wheel in terms of quality and in terms of strength. So that would be like you're between casting and forging. Now, forging is, is, is one of my favorite variations of wheels because the attention to detail, uh, being a machinist here in the sh at the shop and having these these machines to do the things that we do i like attention to detail i also like the way they're made forging is going to be the most expensive process to make a wheel and it's also the most violent uh forgings are start off with a round barrel basically that's the shape of a wheel and they they pound it into the into the press i can't tell you how many tons but i'll put it to you this way the factory has to be built around the size of this press. So whatever factory is making a forge wheel or forge blank has got a press that was built around it, so or <laughs> built for it. So this press is huge. Recently, Elon Musk put a, I think it was a 900-ton press in his place. So you can imagine, it's called a gigapress, obviously. But <laughs> that that is the same way. They built this building around this press. So it pounds the, the aluminum into shape. And what it's doing is it's compressing the aluminum and it's making it stronger by compressing the air pockets in it and compressing the, the, the weave in it. And, and just like steel, when you're beating on steel or you're heating something up and forging it like a blacksmith, it's the same thing with forged wheels. So they forge the, the, the look of it, they forge the bottom of it, and then they, then they machine the inside of it the same way with rollers and, and with, press, with press forgings. They take that product and then they send it to wherever is going to, finish it off and they take that wheel and they cut the design into it. That gives a lot of freedom where a CNC machine can do all these different three-dimensional forms and, and designs where a casting or a flow form, everything's got to be a certain way. There's only so much you can do with it. The other cool thing about forging is that it doesn't have a rough edge like casting or flow forging does. The, the forging itself is pretty pretty reasonable, but most of the time they take that that edge off with a CNC and they they, they actually make it smooth with ball with either a uh, a um, a uh, a ball cutter or any kind of flute or tool so on and so forth to make that smooth to be able to polish it or powder coat it and it just looks so good and you can do a lot of intricate things with forged wheels. Also, they are the strongest wheels that are out there. You know, really realistically. Guys like American Force, JTX, um, even um, even um, KG1, all these companies are doing forge wheels at the highest level. So if you get a forge wheel at this point in time, 
in those come with those companies, they're all going to be very good. It just really depends on the design and what you feel is the best wheel for your look and also the wheel that you trust the most. Our shop is a is an American force place. I mean, we do a lot of American force here. We love American force. We love JTX and we love KG1 too. But you know, for us, American Force is a top dog for, for us. But we're also a Florida-based company. American Force used to be in Miami, so there's a lot of correlation there with our customers too. They they still want that wheel. So um, doing the three wheels, of course, any of them are going to be good at this point in time. But really, you have to choose the company that you want that you trust underneath the truck. And a wheel is just as important as a tire as it is a brake caliper. It's very important to have a good setup. I remember when I first noticed American Force, it was something about the designs. This was a long time ago, but it's interesting how you mentioned the freedom with a forged wheel that you have with the design and the intricacy that you can do with it. And that's what always stood out to me about all the different series that they have. And I know they're hugely popular. So the way that I understand it is, Cast can be good, but it, you really got to make sure the company that you're choosing has been around a while, has a track record, know who they are. You know, they've done um, you know, things in the particular market or particular vehicle that you have. And then the full flow w- would be more the wider wheels or for like cars and SUVs. But when we're talking about diesel trucks, it w- would you say it's mostly either cast or forged? Those are the two main choices. I would say that it goes cast first because of budget and also the availability of the wheels. There's a lot of them available and the cost is the cost is reasonable. It's entry level for most of the wheels. And then full forge comes in because most diesel customers are spending a little bit more money than a you know half ton customer would. And, and they might perceive that as a you know more attainable item or something you have to do on a diesel truck. Flow form is not as popular, but a lot of these companies have used the word forged to very very strongly, even though it's not really forged, it just sounds cool and it sounds expensive. So a lot of people look at that and go, oh, forged. Like, for instance, Black Rhino Forged was a flow forged wheel, and it said Black Rhino Forged on the wheel, but it really wasn't a forged wheel. It was a you know flow forged wheel, but they use that word pretty sparingly to make the wheel appeal to a customer that's looking at a $1,500, $1,800 wheel, and this Black Rhino wheel was seven, 800 bucks, nothing wrong with that. It's just, they're using that word to their advantage. It is a technically a forged wheel in a way, but it's not a full forged wheel. Like you would call it. It's just, you know, kind of, kind of stretching the term a little bit. Um, as far as cast wheels, can you put them on a diesel? As long as it's the right company, absolutely. Check your weight, weight ratings. Every wheel has the weight rating on it. And if it doesn't have the weight rating on it, or it doesn't have a, a specifications chart, you're probably not buying the wheel you should be buying. Um, companies like wheel pros or, or let's say American racing XD Motor metal, all these companies are owned, uh, with American force under one roof. So all of those wheels are going to have, you know, the greatest quality you can get. Some of them are even made in the United States now, which is crazy because that was never a thing. Most of the casting was done overseas and now they're bringing it over here. Some of them are done in New York PA. I believe there's a factory in the Southern States too, maybe Louisiana. I can't, I can't recall, but they're starting to actually make things here. And uh, forgings that are done here, to me, are probably of the highest quality. Uh, they are a little more expensive, obviously, but you know we can monitor the, the materials that are being used. I mean, I always like to say, I don't know if this is true or not, but I always like to say overseas, you really don't know if they're melting down uh, you know, lawn, equi- lawn furniture or what they're using in the wheel. You really don't know. Um, because you're buying a finished product, you're buying a product with a bunch of powder coat on it, and you're also buying a product that's been looked at and gone. Okay, that looks that works good, but 
you don't really know what's inside of it. So, I mean, I've never personally had a cast wheel break myself, like on any of my trucks. I, I've probably had less than 10 in 20 years that, that have given me a problem. Um, and most of them were, were warranted or maybe they were, maybe they were a, a bad design. I mean, anything you make, you could possibly have an issue like that, but it's just the company being big. I mean, all those wheels were covered under some kind of warranty and, and they're pretty good about covering cracks and stuff. So, I mean, companies that are reputable, American racing, wheel pros, American force, all those companies that do that, they're going to, they're going to back up their wheels. And I mean, they're gonna, not going to give you any crap. I mean, if it, if the wheel has a legitimate crack in it, that wasn't caused by you being a dumbass. Uh, they're going to cover your wheel. And I like that about that. I like that that feature about them. But, you know, they don't sell wheels either that will go on an eight lug truck that are only going to hold 2000 pounds. They're going to they're going to have a wheel that's going to be built for the truck. So, for instance, if you buy a 24 by 14 cast wheel, that wheel probably weighs close to 100 pounds. It is a very heavy wheel. It's got a lot of aluminum in it. If you buy a forge wheel, it's at the same the same size. It's probably going to be about the same weight, but the strength of the alloy, the strength of the material, totally different process. So they might hold the same weight, but let's say where the let's say you get into a situation where you're fully you know towed out, you decide you're going to take a take take a railroad track that's above ground just a little bit, and you flop over that. I'm using that as an example because a customer did that once and broke a wheel. <laughs> but if you do that. Um, you know, you, you probably won't have an issue with a wheel that is forged where a cast wheel you're, you're gambling. I mean, you're definitely pulling a short straw or not on that one, but you know, I have run both wheels on trucks. I, I like forged wheels just because it's the, it's to me, it's the, the Rolex value where you look at a build and it's got forged wheels on it. And it's kind of serious at that point. You could have a leveling kit or you can have a 12 inch lift. And it, it, if it has forged wheels, it's taken seriously. Kind of like uh, I've always had this. I've always I've always been told I don't have a Rolex, but I've always been told if you have a Rolex, you can walk into a room and not introduce yourself. <laughs> you can, you know, people just know that you're something, right? Yeah. Same way for a for a forged wheel, it kind of has that value of shock value at a show or just showing off to your buddies. I mean, you could have ten guys with XD cast wheels, and you could have one dude with American forces, and more people are probably going to look at the American force if you're looking for that route. And that is a big thing in our industry. I mean, we're not buying these wheels to look worse. We're buying them to look better and to show that the truck has, you know, a good look to it. Or maybe that you styled it yourself. You picked the wheels out. You picked out the outfit for the truck in a way, right? Just you don't change it very often. But, you know, function-wise, I mean, the difference between a cast wheel, a flow forge wheel, and a forge wheel, it's really weight. And it's really how much risk are you willing to take if you're doing the maximum that you probably shouldn't be doing. And then doing something stupid on top of that or something that you didn't, you couldn't control on top of that. So, I mean, that's, that's really the differences between those three, in my opinion. Well, you think of the capability of these trucks, what they tow, their payload, and then we branch out into the aesthetics, the look that we want. And that's where I get overwhelmed if I look at wheels because I see so many different designs, types. That's why I was really excited to chat with you today to understand more of what I'm actually getting, you know, because in, in the back of my mind, money, no object, I'm building a truck, I'm putting American forces on things. I've always loved the designs. I've always loved how they do it. <clears throat> and also I've seen a lot of trucks over the years that they captured my attention and I looked at the wheels and I'm like, yeah, that's what they're running. And it's just to me, the kind of pinnacle of design um, for myself when I look at them. And then I have that second aspect of, of, of forging, forging the wheel and I think if I'm investing this money, I'm going to your shop, having you do the lift kit for me, 
on my, you know, Denali or my King Ranch or my Limited, I'm going to spend a little bit more money and get this this forged wheel that that I want just for the capability. You're not wrong about that. I mean, I, I've seen it firsthand though, where guys come in with a F350 Limited and they want to they want the cheapest wheel they can get. It just needs to be black. Um, the old Henry Ford model. You can have anything you want as long as it's black. <laughs> that's that's, <laughs> the, that's just that's just what people do sometimes. But um, veering back to what you were saying. You know, American force in our time, meaning, you know, 35 to 40 year olds, that's kind of the pinnacle of, of what forge wheels are. But I was doing this when I was like 12, 13 years old. So I go back a little further and weld wheels were kind of the originator behind forge wheels, weld wheels, build specialties, and then hot rods by Boyd. Those three companies, at least in my opinion, from my history, there's probably some guy who went out there going, I was there too, but I, I don't know you. But I know those three companies were pretty much the pinnacle of forged wheels they all kind of just started doing these for hot rods and also for race cars and greg weld and uh, was sort of the envisionary behind uh, the forged wheel and he was the first guy to do like 16 by 14 aluminum wheels i was trying to figure out i think they were i think they were making the blanks in south africa but i, I couldn't find any anything anything that was could confirm that but i remember talking with his son about that and i think that's where they were forging them but you know, they were obviously making them here on a mill or, you know, same thing with hot rods by Boyds or build specialties. Those guys were taking, you know, aluminum blanks and making wheels out of them. Pretty cool. And a lot of that actually kind of came from motorcycle wheels too, which is another, another outlet there, but American force in our time, in our truck industry, they are sort of the innovators of what we did and what we, what we, what they started. I mean, I remember when they only had dually wheels and when they came out with, you know, normal single rear wheel truck wheels, it was only five designs and they only had 22 by 12 and 22 by 14. And it was really funny because like, you know, Ray and Sergio and those guys over there, they were doing something that nobody had done since Weld Wheels went out of business and Greg Weld actually passed away. And they weren't, there was nobody really making forge wheels at that point. And they kind of just came out of the, out of the woodwork with this. And they came to SEMA, they always had a huge booth and I'll tell you, man, I, I want to say it was 2013 or 2012 is when that happened and it blew up. I mean, imagine having five wheels and, and you know, selling five wheels and constantly being three, four months booked out and then figuring out how to make more wheels and different wheels. And then they figured out how to, how to get a, a good forging facility that could make them blanks. I mean, that whole process is, is it's, it's ugly and it's, it's hard to make wheels. It's not easy. And a lot of these companies have adapted that same concept of the blanks. They make wheels, they design things, and it all depends on where you go. Um, American force obviously is the pinnacle, but they, ha you know, FedEx has to have UPS and same thing goes for like Costco. They got to have a, a Sam's club and American force, in my opinion, has JTX and JTX and KG one are sort of right after that. And I mean, not saying anyone, any one of them is better than the other because they all have different designs, but it's really cool to see three different companies make such badass wheels and compete with each other to where, you know, who's making the better wheel, what design do you like more, the marketing, the lifestyle behind it too, because there's a lot of people that are enthusiasts of certain wheel brands. It's sort of like a mob, like there's American <laughs> force boys, there's JTX boys. Uh, there used to be a specialty forge mob that was huge in the like, 2017 2018 that was humongous and uh that folded unfortunately into a different thing but you know regardless it was a it was an interesting time where you had people that were 
diehard fans of certain wheel companies and they and they lived and died by it like they were promoting their 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 favorite football team and even to this day you still have guys that have afw in their names or they they support that there's a there's a whole like influencer deal behind that as well i mean my company personally we promote companies that do good work and there's a lot of companies that are out there that are just starting off and for wicked manufacturing wicked customs or me to promote somebody or say this is a good wheel even use it it's got to be top notch and i'm i'm a firm believer in the companies i use and i want good results i can't build good suspension lifts with crappy wheels i just can't do it and I, the same thing goes for tires too so i mean if you're gonna look at a wheel look at look at one design if you like it, you got to like the way it looks. Obviously, you don't want to buy an ugly wheel. Two is you got to look at the at you know the warranty. All of them are pretty much lifetime for the most part. And then three is you know it, it, does the wheel company how long of a how long have they been around? You know, American Force. One thing you can't compete with American Force with is that they've been around for like twenty five years or twenty. I think it's twenty years. But those guys have been in the industry forever. I mean, Ray and Surge, they they're from Miami. Um, Ray's no longer a part of American Force, but you know those guys. Both of them were in Miami doing work before any of us were. I mean, in the 90s, it's like those guys were all working for a, a guy. Uh, we're all working over there for different shops and whatnot. They were doing dualies before anybody even knew what really the stuff was or how cool it could be. So, I mean, that American Force has the most experience, in my opinion, in the dually wheel scene. But there's nothing wrong with JTX's dually wheels. There's nothing wrong with KG1's dually wheels. It's just a matter of what you trust and what you do. Um, there's also Liberty Forge too. He's doing a lot of great things too. He's a machine shop that's building wheels, and I I like that dude. Sully's a good guy. He was running one of my lift kits until until recent because he went with a, a a bigger adjustable kit that that moves up and down. But you know we don't we don't hate him for that. He ran the shit out of my lift kit, and <laughs> and he gave me a lot of great content hauling. And uh, that dude's got a good thing going too. But he's probably the smaller of the of the three. And I you know even if he's more experienced or maybe a better machinist guy like that's got to earn his earn his keep he's got to have a bunch of wheels out there that don't fail that don't have issue and then from there you know people can make their decision as to where they lie on the on the board of respect for wheels well, that's what i really appreciate about the information that you give us because you're at the front line so you're <clears throat> you're having truck owners come in you're setting them up with suspension kits leveling kits wheels tires if there's an issue you're going to hear about it before the manufacturer oh, yeah. does because you put it on so that's the important feedback and it's really insightful to understand this I'd particular like to talk part. about I'd like to talk about dually wheels if we could for a minute I, like dually cast ask about and that. dually forged yeah, yeah. go ahead <laughs> ask me. <laughs> oh, I was just going to say with, with dualies because you'd mentioned it we talked about it on the last podcast it's way back when dually trucks to me they were just the guy hauled with it and it had stock <laughs> wheels stock tires that was it and then somewhere along the line it started to get like the the three quarter and one ton trucks and people started to personalize them. They started to lift them. They started to do wheels and tires and it looks so cool. And so I wanted to ask you about that because you had some thoughts from the last podcast. You wanted to, to, uh, to chat about it a little bit. I think we could do a whole podcast about dualies in general, but, but to chat about the wheels part of it, um, dualies, they're not like a used truck anymore. Du having a dually is like having a, it's like having a flex at this point. I mean, a dually is a very expensive vehicle and they're very expensive to modify, but there's also ways you can do it for less money, but they're not as good. So what I, what I'm going to go to is I'm going to use an example, 2023 F450. You have a couple options for wheels. You have cast wheels for duallys and you have uh, forge wheels for duallys. 
I have never seen a flow forge dually wheel, but I, I might just not be looking hard enough. But when I do dually wheels in, in our shop, it is a forge wheel or it's pretty much nothing. Um, the reason why I don't particularly care for cast wheels too much is because I like the fact that forge wheels have less of a potential of having a break. And I look at every dually customer, even if it's the guy that never puts a trailer hitch in his truck, as somebody who's going to haul the maximum, if not more, one day. And I don't, I just don't set up duallys any less than great. I don't feel like there's a a lesser way to do a dually. Now, some wheel companies might hate me for that because they make a living off of cast wheels. I just don't care for it. I have used plenty of cast wheels on duallys, but on the bottom of my invoice, there's this little disclaimer that says we're not responsible for the choices made. I don't really care to use cast wheels on duallys at all, but they are cost efficient because, you know, a set of American, let's say a 24 inch set of American force is nine grand for just the wheels, tires, and the adapter, or excuse me, the wheels, the adapters, and the, and the bolt and the bolt kit and whatnot for them. Not everybody can afford that, that, that maybe wants to modify it. But to me, that's going to equal the 19.5 Alcoa that comes on the truck, if not exceed the limits of what the Alcoa could be. So um, even though you're downing the tire size from a 16 ply or 14 ply down to a 12 ply, I hope, um, I would hope they would use a 12 ply you know, really that 12 ply can still hold quite a bit of weight. And for me, I'm, I've been, uh, I've been in real world testing on these dualies. I've tested every, every tire possible and I've never had one really give me any, any shit as long as the inflation's right. And, and you've got the right setup in the back, meaning the tires aren't touching. They're, they're a little, they're far enough apart where they can take the weight and the flex. I mean, I just cast wheels are wonderful and everything, but I'm just not into them on dualies that much. Now, if it's on a lowered truck or something, I get it, but I'm not, I'm just not into it. I don't want to take a, a wheel off that is going to be stronger than the wheel I'm putting back on. Um, there's also one other aspect too, and that's direct bolt on wheels for, um, you know, like a 22, 24, 26, or even a 28. That's been a hot thing lately. Direct bolt on, no adapter. Adapters got a lot of shit because there was people making adapters that absolutely sucked at making adapters. I, I've seen them flame cut. I've seen them drilled by hand. I've seen them so many different ways to make a 10 lug wheel work on an eight or 10 lug truck. It sickens me. Uh, there are people out there that make adapters that shake the truck. Like you got that, like, like you've got Tourette's. I mean, it's like, why would you ever want that in your truck? Why would you want to shake the shit out of your truck? But there are, there are companies out there that do that. And the adapters got a bad name because of that. All the companies that make adapters, the big boys, American Force, JTX, um, KG1, all those companies make a solid adapter at this point. Like all of them are making good adapters, the big companies. Some of the little guys are not making adapters the greatest way or they're not maybe buying them from a company that makes them a good a good way. I, I really, I really, it really sickens me when I see that kind of stuff because I think to myself, what is a, a half inch or a three eighths plate with 10 bolts on it going to hold, you know, it just doesn't make sense, but there are guys doing that. They, they just, there's a lot of people getting fucked or excuse me, getting screwed out there because of it. Um, so make sure that, you know, you're, you're getting a, a, in my opinion on a dually, that's going to haul weight, a direct bolt on wheel is probably not your best option uh, unless it's, unless it's, it's tested and it has the weight capacity that it can hold what you're trying to do because a forge wheel not only do you have this big 10 lug center you have a one inch thick plate behind it that's steel that holds that all together too so you got to think you've got a heavy ass wheel and yeah you got an adapter and yeah the wheels stick out of the fenders a little bit but you know there's consequences to everything and you have to that's kind of a cool consequence it sticks out a little bit so what you know in my opinion that's a good thing you know when, when you have an f450 and you have the 
turning radius that is absolutely absurd and good when you don't have adapters and you have a wheel company that doesn't understand that a 450 will touch the sway bar and touch the radius arm or the four link if you don't have a one inch adapter behind or you don't have the, the material built into it you'll actually take away some of the 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 turning radius of the truck because of it and now what now you've got a direct bolt-on wheel that you can't that you took five degrees of your turning radius away which is kind of a crappy thing too Direct bolt-on wheels, though, are wonderful in the lowered truck world. If you're going to lower your dually or you're going to run a dually at like a reverse level, a direct bolt-on wheel is probably a great option for you because it's tucking the, the wheels correctly. Um, but again, the weight capacity thing kind of makes me wonder um, how that all works. I, I don't say I don't know and I, I don't believe personally that a direct bolt-on wheel would be the way to go unless, of course, the wheel company that's making it has weight, weight capacities built in. It's been tested. Um, I'm not that versed in it, but like, I know American force has a new direct bolt on, um, wheel that has a flange on the back of it. So it's basically like a wheel that, that has a, a flange, like a, like a hub and it bolts into the inside wheel. The downside of that, you can't run 1350s on it, but you can run a 1250 tire, but that wheel is sort of like one and the way that they did the strength capacity, it's actually pretty cool, but the center's got a big blank spot so that it's nice and strong too. You know, a lot of the direct bolt-on wheels I see are really cut deep into the lug nuts, with into the lug area. And that looks really cool, but it takes away structural integrity. Uh, years and years ago, American Force made direct bolt-on wheels for that. And they had these beautiful, long-spoked wheels. And I think all of them had issues. And they recall, they, they, they basically warrantied all of them out for 10 lug stuff. It was a time in their, in their, in their, I would say in their in their Miami days where they were trying new things and they did it on a couple trucks and it just didn't work out. It looks so freaking cool though, but it just didn't work out in the long run. A lot of them cracked, or I think all of them cracked, if I'm not mistaken. But there were probably less than ten sets out there. It wasn't a whole lot of them, but boy, that was a cool time. Uh, probably 2005, 2006, right in that area. Maybe maybe a little later. The safety part of what you mentioned on our last chat directly translates to this and that was what i saw some people talking about with um you know we were talking about wheels and tires but specifically with the dually setups is that i imagine that would be like you mentioned you want to set them up great because they're so capable with what they're rated to do and typically how people will use them that there's that safety aspect and the durability part as well it only takes one time for you to haul something and break something bad and when a wheel breaks that's catastrophic. And um, if you've never had it happen, I've had a wheel fall off a vehicle once on a test drive that we were testing a vehicle that was brought into us. And this was early on in my career. And the guy had a noise and I went and took it out for a drive. And the, uh, just like a lot of Chevy 2500s, the hub came apart and the wheel went down the road faster than the truck did. And it was, it was crazy. And luckily I was only doing 35, but it shook me. Uh, to a core when your wheel falls off and it goes down the road um, or if it breaks and you lose control, man, I mean, it's epic. So if you, in the minute you're doing that, you're not thinking about how much you spent on your wheels. You're thinking about how I'm going to save my ass, <laughs> yeah. you know? So if you put the right wheel on your truck, the likeliness of you having that issue is going to be very slim to none. If you put a wheel on your truck that is built by some dude with a with a 1980s CNC machine in his backyard that got a hold of blanks, it's probably not going to be engineered as good as the as the guys are. And I'm not saying that the little dudes aren't great. I'm a little dude who builds suspension lifts, uh, you know. But 
I had to go through a lot of that stuff too and learning and whatnot. And I've earned the respect of being a high-end suspension lift company, just like JTX and American Force and KG1 have earned that right too in their time period. They've had, you know, their wheels tested and abused and they've been out for a long enough time now to where they've earned that respect to be able to be used in the dually market. I I just really, I, I hate to see things happen like that because it does nothing but put a wrinkle in our in our world. And just like I talked about in the last podcast, you know, the more problems we have with companies that are producing product that's maybe not tested or good, or maybe they don't know it's good and there's failure, the more chances there are of somebody stepping in from a higher up place and putting regulations on what we do. And I mean, yeah, there's DOT and everything, but a lot of that stuff, I don't, I don't, I mean, I know it's got to be approved. I'm not in the wheel business like that to know, but I, sometimes I wonder if it's just a stamp. You know, and you really got to like look at the company and go, do you test this? Are you doing, you know, are you doing SolidWorks testing on it? Or are you doing some sort of crash testing? Is it, what's going on with it? Like, do you know, this is a really important piece. Do you know what, what its breaking point is? And the companies, you know, that I keep mentioning, those people know what their shit is. And that's, that's, the, that's really important for me. Even with a cast wheel, it's super important that you know what the weight is. But like American Racing or, or Wheel Pros, they're not going to put a wheel out for an eight-lug truck that can't handle the weight of an eight lug truck. Cause no eight lug truck out there. Maybe, well, maybe the Nissan Titan XT, that truck maybe isn't as heavy as the rest of them, but you know, most eight lug trucks are a certain weight and they can haul a certain thing. So they have to have a wheel that exceeds or meets the factory capacities. And that wheel might be really thick or really heavy, but it's available and it's, and it's been tested. So the cast wheels, there's more fly by night shit out there that you can just order off Alibaba and sell a bunch of them and then disappear then there are forge wheels. There's a, there's There's been a bunch of it lately, though. I have been getting a lot of emails in the past two years from like Chinese forging companies or Japanese. No, I don't know about Japanese. I think I got one from Malaysia, but um, they want to you know make your forge wheels. They can make a forge wheel and send it to you. Put your name on it. Put your W on it. I just don't want to be involved in that. I If I'm going to make a product, I'm going to make it here just so I know the quality is right. I mean, how do I know how they're forging the wheel? How do I know they're not mixing up a step? Or, or not or not doing a step you just don't know when you're overseas and you'll get you know that that stuff is important so definitely trust in the company i think that's really important to the truck owners too because they want to they want to buy products made in america and they want the best that they can get and that was one of the big questions that in my mind had always always existed with wills is where are they coming from because you had mentioned when they're done here or they're done with a company that you know you have that track record you feel good as a buyer investing into their product and getting it Versus if i haven't heard of a place or i don't know where the product comes from uh, i'm going to hesitate or i'm going to ask more questions and i think about what you do day to day you're lifting trucks you're doing all these different things with it you want to make sure it's as safe as possible and make sure it's as capable as possible and i think ultimately that's what what truck owners want as well I agree. Um, you know, it being made in America, I mean, it's a huge thing for me. I mean, obviously everything we do is made here, but when it comes to, you know, overseas, there's a lot of companies that have their own factories overseas too, and they can control their quality when they use their own stuff. When they have people there that are on their boots on the ground, they can control what the quality is like. It's the, it's the companies I think that use, I would say like they third party a manufacturer to make things for them. That's when you don't know if that guy wants to make five cents more per wheel or five cents on anything, he's going to down the product like this. 
Chrome had that issue for still to this day has that issue, but Chrome it was like that. Chrome in the nineties was awesome from overseas. And then I feel like it just got worse and worse because nickel got so expensive and it, it ended up being like, you know, Chrome was just kind of a reflective product that would last six months, you know, and, and you didn't really know why, because nobody understands really the chroming process. But I think that's what happened to Chrome is that, you know, we, that's why you see a lot of wheels aren't Chrome anymore. They're PVD or they're, or they're polished forged, or they're doing more colors. Like, you know, Chrome, Chrome over cast aluminum wheels is sort of folding in my opinion, but that's because of the quality standard that, these companies are doing over there they might show you this wonderful wheel but then you get it and within six months it's pitted in the florida weather let's say one winter in a state that uses salt so i mean same thing goes with quality and everything but if you can find a wheel company that manufactures wheels that even if they even if they get the the materials of the blanks overseas it's not such a bad thing if the company knows what they're doing and they have control over their factory and they have control over what they're doing I trust them. I mean, the problem with it, the problem with America and manufacturing wheels is that it's dirty, and there's not a lot of easy ways to do it here without the without certain people from certain uh, protection agencies coming down and saying, "Hey, we have we you can't do this here." They make it so difficult that you can't do it here, and it gets forced overseas. So you you basically are are whitewashing it down the road and saying, "Okay, well, it's not made in America, but." It's made over there. It's still made on earth, but you know, there's not as many regulations in those countries. So you can make a good product and then finish it here. That's really important too. So, I mean, even if like these other, these big companies that are doing castings here, I think it's wonderful that they've, they've figured it out and they're doing it the best way. And I'm sure it's the most environmentally friendly too, which is important in some ways. So, I mean, that's a good thing too. And I, I noticed that the wheels that are made here are a little more expensive, but Let's be honest, man. That wheel's probably made by Americans that have, you know, nine to five jobs. And that's important too. I mean, if we can support people in our own country, that's the way to do it. I mean, going overseas if we have to, absolutely. I'm not saying we shouldn't have wheels that are overseas because if we did that, we'd have probably nine choices of designs here. But it's what's been happening in the last 20 years. They've kind of forced the wheel industry to move over there. And that goes for finishing paint and products too. It's pretty hard to do that anymore here because they've made it super hard to manufacture here due to environmental stuff, you know, and I don't know all the ins and outs of it, but that's what I, that's what I gather from speaking to people and companies as to why they're not making things here. Cause I always ask, why don't you make things here? Why don't you make the product here? And it's usually because there's some sort of red tape that's involved with the process of making it here. Or the other thing is it would be too expensive, which is why they don't make the iPhone here, uh, iPhone here apparently is because of the labor laws and things like that, that come down to it, that comes down to, that's what I understand from reading a book called after Steve jobs. Uh, that particular book talks about that and why they don't make iPhones here, you know, and, and it's because of labor and you can't wake a whole factory up in the middle of the night and say, we need to get three 30,000 iPhones done by morning. Cause nobody here is going to do that over there. It's their life. They live in the factory. I mean, that's what it is. So, I mean, I could see that happening with manufacturing, you know, with, with wheels too. I mean, I can only imagine what, what they're willing to do over there and what we're not willing to do here, but you know, the companies that are trying, I give them a lot of respect because I think it's, I think it's really hard to manufacture. Even for us, it's really hard to manufacture here, but I love it. And I'll go through those hoops myself to make it happen because I, I support American jobs. And I think a lot of companies are seeing that too, after the, the pandemic and whatnot too, getting wheels was a mother 
Oh, well, it was a bitch almost, <laughs> but that was, it was, it was, a, I mean, it's, it was, a, it was an MF dude. It was bad. <laughs> I mean, there were like, we were using some, we were digging real deep to get wheels at that point. And I think some manufacturers like American racing and like, you know, wheel pros saw that and started looking at how we can make wheels here. So that was important too, but all that's cleared up now. There's not really a huge issue with uh, importing anymore as much as there was. I mean, it's still not fun, but I, I can't imagine it was. It's nothing like it was during pandemic. I remember hearing stories of how long it would take to get pretty much anything. It wasn't just wheels. It could have been anything related to. That was that was stressful. <laughs> I mean, people <laughs> wanted to buy stuff, but it was it was crazy. It was like everything went out of stock at the same time. And it, it was the wheel industry and the tire industry, they suffered bad. And, uh, you know, we, we had our issues too. Don't get me wrong. We had our problems too, but we weren't importing. But the problem was the materials we were using, there was no other materials that they could use because all the imported materials that were available weren't available. So now they were going after the shit I use, the top tier stuff. So you were, I was competing with contractors and builders and stuff, buying sheets of steel because they couldn't get the the cheap stuff, the stuff that they would normally use because there weren't, there wasn't any, you know? So like we had our share of issues too with that, but we managed to pivot around that. And, uh, you know, it, my wife was a huge part of that. She came up with a, a, situ, a, a situation where we could, we could, you know, be a, a, a contender in that and be able to, to buy material without having, you know, other, other companies that were in other industries compete for that same sheet of steel. So we we were man, we managed to get around that with with hard work and a lot of investment. <laughs> <laughs> that was a tough, that was a tough that was a tough check to write that first time, <laughs> man. <laughs> yeah, I remember some places telling me back then, you know, competing for materials, it would mostly be an automotive prior to that, and then all of a sudden you're competing with huge companies and completely different industries, and how hard it was to get these things, and it just. You know, it was a really tough time, but it's good to hear that it's better now and it's it's way uh, better. That, you know, it's definitely flowing so people can get the, the things they want to spend money on. And I was thinking about the dually thing for a second. Is I'm sure there's somebody listening who has one that's stock right now. And I'm sure it's going to touch on a bit of the suspension things and the other topics you've covered. But what are some things you would advise somebody with a dually that wants to customize? Say they want to lift it. They should factor into their plan or their budget to do it the right way. Okay. Well, with dualies, first things first is the wheel. You always like like any other truck. You want to pick the wheel and tire first. You want to go. I want twenty fours. I want thirty sevens. That gives me a foundation as to what I need to do for a lift. Um, you know what you got to think of is again going back to what I say in every podcast. Know what you're doing with the truck. I mean, I can't. I think I think I'm like a broken record with that. Uh, if you if you're going to tell with the truck, don't do twenty sixes or twenty eights or thirties. Do twenty fours or twenty twos. Those are far stronger wheel and tire combinations and far better combinations to tow with. 26s, 28s, and 30s are great if you're going to show the truck off and if you're going to use it for maybe a daily driver, but you're not going to tow a lot with it. Um, you know, in my opinion, you got to have sidewall. You have to have you have to have strength. And the sixes, the eights, and the, and the 30s, even though they're strong and everything, the combination between wheel and tire and the size that you have to make that truck, it might not be right for towing a fifth wheel cross country. But it might be some people want to ride around with the pin hanging halfway out of a grenade. I, I'm not one of those guys. Um, I, I have 24s on my 450. I could have any wheel in the world I want. And I have a 24 on mine with a Toyo tire. I have a 24-inch American Force and a Toyo uh, RT. I, want, I also haul 
twenty-seven thousand pounds on a on a on a uh, on a uh, a bumper pull, a thirty-six foot bumper pull. I have a cap on my truck, so I don't have a gooseneck. But um, that is perfect for me, and I like that. And I don't have the moment in my mind where I think my tire is going to have an issue or my wheel is going to have a problem. So I have to be confident in it. There's nothing worse than getting in your truck and not knowing if you're going to make it to the destination, especially when you have a hundred thousand dollars in trucks behind you. So I want to be confident in that. So that's a, that's a choice. I try to tell that to people all the time because 26s are such a good looking wheel. And I know that might not make sense to you, but for the dually world, I, I feel like I speak for it, man. 26 inch wheels are fucking awesome. 28s are, are that's, that's some, that's some real good looking stuff too. 30s are, 30s but they, they look great too but there are certain person for 30s there are certain size lift for 30s 26s and 28s are aesthetically pleasing especially on a huge dually and you know it's just function wise they're just not in my opinion they're just not functionable for doing the maximum towing capacity or the or the confidence i need to be able to do it otherwise i would have them on my truck um you know combination wise if it was just wheels i would say absolutely if we're just going to talk about wheels 26 inch wheels in general are no different strength wise than 24s but the wheel and the tire combined that's what scares the shit out of me when i do 26s or 28s but um 24 is the greatest wheel and tire combo currently for a dually so try to stay that way if you're going to haul a fifth wheel try to stay under four inches of lift and 37s because you don't have to modify most modern fifth wheels for instance a camper or maybe a horse trailer those can handle the few extra inches of lift you're going to put on it. If you start getting to six, eight, and ten inches, you're going to have to start having things done to your trailers. That's that's another thing to keep in mind. Thirty um, eights, forties, things like that. You know, you have you have all this extra height and tire now. So I mean, those are things to consider too when you're when you're lifting a dually or running a dually setup or running a, a wheel on your truck. Um, as far as super singles go, we haven't talked about that. Dually super singles. Um, I have them on my 450. I've put them on a lot of people's trucks. The thing about super singles, they're the best. That's that wide wheel in the front of a dually, by the way, for those who don't know what that means. That means that the front wheel sticks out like a normal single rear wheel does. And then the rear wheels are duallys. American Force calls it super dually. I call it, I call it, uh, I call it a, uh, a, a, you know, a, a, um, oh, I lost train of thought. (laughs) <laughs> it's a super du- it's a super dually or a super single is what i call it because that's what i know it to be and then there's some other companies that have different names for them but that particular setup instead of running a normal floater in the front of a, a dually which is the normal dually bowl looking wheel that setup is the coolest looking thing on the planet and they're also pretty damn strong too the downside to super singles is that here in florida for instance we have this huge crown in our road where water gets it, it basically runs off the road because it rains every day here and it also has a, they also have these grooves too from dump trucks and everything else that's heavy. And we have asphalt, a lot of heat and the super, super duallys or super singles, they do grab that quite a bit. And it does haul you around because you've got this big fat track in the front of a dually and you've got a fatter track in the rear. So think about it this way. You have, you know, anywhere between 26 and 30 inches of width in the rear. And then the front, you've got maybe 12 or 13 inches of of width too, but it's out further as far as the back wheels are. So when you grab that track and your back wheels grab a different track, that truck will feel like, you know, Jesus is controlling it sometimes. You have to get used to that where a dually will normally have a real narrow front track and then the the rear is real wide for stability. So it is a different driving truck. So if you're going to go super singles, just know your truck's going to change drivability. and You're going to have to learn how to drive that truck a little bit better. There are some people that are probably saying, oh, that's bullshit. My truck drives great. 
Probably does, and it does. I'm just saying from go- knowing from both, from going from a normal dually wheel to a super single front, there is a difference to me in how the truck handles. The The normal floater wheels handle immaculate, 10 out of 10. Super singles, they definitely lose a couple points in drivability, but they look so goddamn cool. I am so, I'm so fine with that consequence. I just learned how to drive it. Not a big deal, but... You know, people need to know that when they're doing super singles, for sure, that they do drive differently on dualies. There's no difference really in weight capacity. Rotations are not as fun because you have a different a different setup on the front. But, you know, you can you can still do a lot with a super single, but they are so cool looking for sure. It's a lot of really great information. And the, the whole the dually side of it to me is I see them, but I didn't understand all the different aspects and the things that you should look out for you know when setting them up that way and then going through castings and different types of forgings and things to think about in safety it's it's really helpful to get to know this and and be able to put the complete package together between level lift tires wheels different types of wheels that are out there so i appreciate your expertise and the insights that you that you gave us into planning out our build and and uh you know being able to get the setup that we want for People are listening. Maybe they're in Florida. Maybe they're not. Maybe they want to take their truck out to you. How can they reach out to you guys and connect? Uh, social media, wicked, wickedtrucks.com is our website. Uh, at wicked underscore customs is Instagram. And then I think Facebook's like wicked customs Naples. You just got to look for the W logo like this. That's That means it's real. That's us. Um, the uh, To end this too, I'd like to put a little disclaimer. These are my opinions. And these are my opinions that I've given over 25 years of experience what I've seen, um, what has happened also being in South Florida, we have a different environment, different drivability, different kind of people. Um, I've been around it a long time. What I've said in this episode is only what I've seen and what I believe is correct. There are probably people that disagree with me or can agree with me, but when it comes to it, I just want it to be safe. I just want your truck to be long lasting. I don't want you to have an issue and never lift the truck again. I want your business for as long as you can give it to me. So I think that if we all can agree to quality over quantity or maybe quality over cost, I think that would be a great thing. Not saying everything that's that's great quality is high priced either, but I really want to to see the the, the industry last forever as long as I can live and me and my kids too. So, you know, build quality products and we'll be fine. And I, I, I think that everything we've done or everything we've tried to do has always come out with the highest quality or the highest standard, you know, and that's, that's, that goes for building trucks or building lift kits or buying wheels. Don't forget diesel fans, make sure and head on over to Kershaw.kaiusa.com. Use code 23 diesel 20 for 20% off site wide. It's a great way to save some money, get some really cool gear. So if you're in the market for a a knife or hunting, fishing uh, around the job site, EDC, they've definitely got you covered. They've had a ton of releases in 2023 of new knives. One of the newest ones are the Duralock models. It's a blade made out of D2 steel. The way that it opens and closes is really smooth. Keeps your fingers away from the blade when you're operating it. And there's a bunch of different choices for blade shape and also handle shapes as well. So definitely make sure head on over, check them out and use that code to get 20% off site-wide. also want to give a shout out to some of our Patreon supporters, Tyler Lowen at 23 Diesel, J. Cole John, all of our other Patreon supporters, all of you who subscribe on YouTube and podcast apps, follow us on any of our social media pages. We appreciate all your support here in year seven of the Diesel Podcast and look forward to bringing you more of the content that you want to hear in 2023. Until next time, keep the shiny side up.